Lecture topic. Surah Adiyah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhin astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَالْعَادِيَاتِ يَضَبْحًا فَالْمُورِيَاتِ قَدْحًا فَالْمُغِيرَاتِ صُبْحًا فَأَثَرْنَ بِهِ نَقْعًا فَوَسَطْنَ بِهِ جَمْعًا إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٌ وَإِنَّهُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ لَشَهِيدٌ وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٌ أَفَلَا يَعْلَمُ إِذَا بُعْثِرَ مَا فِي الْقُبُورِ وَحُصِّلَ مَا فِي الصُّدُورِ إِنَّ رَبَّهُمْ بِهِمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَخَبِيرٌ صدق الله العظيم موسس فكر علماء الكرام بردز الناس This is a well-known surah of the Quran Sharif a short surah but a surah that has tremendously great message for us every ayat of the quran sharif is filled with hidayat allah taala revealed the quran sharif for hidayat zalikal kitabu la rayb fihi hudal lil muttaqin the whole quran sharif is hidayat and every ayat has deep lessons in it if we understand what we are being told and to take that lesson So in any case the surah of the Quran Sharif which we often perhaps recite in our salah as well and every person generally is familiar with the surah Allah Taala gives us the example of an animal and Allah Taala takes a qasam on various aspects of this animal Allah Taala takes a qasam in the Quran Sharif in various places on various different things things which allah taala himself has created obviously allah alone is the khaliq allah alone is the creator and everything else is his makhluq is his creation so allah taala takes a qasam on many of his own creation watin wazaytun waturi sinin washamsi wadhahaha wal qamari idha talaha wal layli idha yakhsha wan nahari idha tajalla so many surahs of the quran sharif and so many different ayat Allah Taala takes a qasam on various things in his creation. Allah Taala takes a qasam on things of his creation. This is to highlight certain aspects in them, certain benefits in them, or certain lessons to take from them. So in this surah of the Quran Sharif, Allah Taala takes a qasam wal adiyati dabha by the qasam and by the oaths of those horses. that run at such a fast speed that they pant while running now allah taala is taking a qasam on horses the horses are makhluq of allah taala allah created it but allah taala created this makhluq in such a manner that it has certain very amazing qualities and it is that amazing quality that allah taala actually wants to bring to our attention to highlight was that look this is an animal after all insan is far superior there is no comparison to how 
much superior insan is to any, any other creation. Allah Ta'ala made insan, this human being, made him the greatest of all Allah Ta'ala's creation. So there's no comparison. But yet despite insan and this human being so, being so much more superior than the animal, yet there are lessons for it in the animal. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam by this horse. Now this is referring to the horse that runs into the battlefield. So now it runs at such a speed. These are also makhluqat. Insan is superior to all of them, but in some things insan can't compare to them also. In terms of the speed at which the horse can run, insan can't come anywhere near. The average horse runs about 50 to 60 kilometers at a full speed gallop. It will run at 50 to 60 kilometers an hour. In fact, can't come close to that. And there are those very, very fast horses, even 80, 90 kilometers an hour it will run. So where is insan compared to this? Allah Ta'ala is saying that this horse now, running at this full gallop, and such a speed that now it's panting. And falmuriyati qadha. That is running at such a speed, that when its hooves hit on the rocky ground, because of the speed at which it's running, and then the force with which the hoof hits the ground. Because the faster it runs, the greater the force with which it hits the ground. So now that rocky ground and that hard hoof, it actually causes sparks to fly. That impact and that hoof scraping onto the rocky ground causes sparks to fly. Now the horse is running at a slow, leisurely pace, then the sparks don't fly. That sparks fly, this is also now still highlighting that same aspect of what a speed this horse is running at. فَالْمُورِيَاتِ قَدْحَ فَالْمُغِيرَاتِ subha. Allah Ta'ala says this horse then, in the early dawn, it is launching that attack and getting فَوَسَطْنَ بِهِ جَمْعَ right in the midst of the enemy. Now this is something which the Arabs, the first recipients of the Quran Sharif, the first people to whom Rasulullah recited the Quran Sharif, this was something they were very familiar with. They would from time to time see this. This was a thing that they were not unfamiliar with. So this had a very great impact on them because this was a scene they used to see regularly. They knew exactly what is being described. For us now we still have to apply our mind now. We never saw a horse running at full speed. We never ever saw those sparks flying. And in between Allah Ta'ala says, فَأَسَرْنَ بِهِ نَقْعَ فَوَسَطْنَ بِهِ جَمْعَ Running at such a pace that they leave a trail of dust behind them. If a car is going on a dusty road, and at a speed you see the dust flying. Now the car is still a big vehicle. Now this horse, it's got four hooves, small little space that it takes on the ground. But the speed at which it's running, it leaves a trail of dust. And then it goes right in the thick of the enemy. Right in the midst. What is this signifying? That it also is understanding. Allah Ta'ala has given that horse, that animal also, this much of understanding. It knows where it's going. It's not unaware of that. It's not oblivious of which direction it's heading. Even the horse knows this is a battlefield. And even the horse can understand that that's the enemy. And the horse can understand, let alone the horse, any animal, pick up a stick, he'll run away. Show it some food, it will come forward. That much of understanding Allah Ta'ala has given even that animal. So that horse knows where it's heading. 
and it realizes full well that my life is in complete danger here that I could be attacked at any moment I could be killed that horse has that understanding but because of the rider on it the rider who is the master now and the master has given the indication or the command that this is the direction we are going to go in so now that horse runs at full speed right into the thick of the battle lines Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on this horse but now this qasam is meant to highlight something what is it highlighting? so Allah Ta'ala thereafter says innal insana li rabbihi lakanood that look at this horse on the one side why is it putting its life in danger? why is it going right into the thick of that battlefield? why is it going right in the middle of the enemy? because of the instruction of the master who's the master? that owner, the person riding it why is it so obedient to this owner? well after all he's my owner and he gives me food to eat he feeds me the fodder, the food that that horse eats every day it sees the master bringing it or the master taking it out to the pasture so now this is my master, the horse understands this is my master, this is my owner and now my owner feeds me so I have to obey it I have to obey him and even if he is taking me into the thick of the battlefield where my life is going to be in danger where I might get killed but if I have to give my life for my master I must give it so the horse is ready to give its life for the master whereas that master, that human being didn't create the horse that human being didn't create the food that he feeds the horse he merely just provides that food from where he gets it from wherever Allah Ta'ala has provided it he brings it off the ground or he buys it somewhere with somebody harvested it somewhere or whatever that fodder wherever he brings it from Allah Ta'ala created it but he just becomes the means and he feeds this horse and he takes care of it a little bit might be washing it sometimes might be tending to it if it's a little bit sick it gets injured it might be putting some medicine on his wound that's all but because he is the master that horse has this level of obedience that it is ready to put its life on the line now this is actually what is being taken qasam on Allah is taking qasam on this that subhanallah this is Allah Ta'ala's makhluk Allah Ta'ala's creation Allah Ta'ala has placed such obedience in it now this is on the one side an animal and then Allah Ta'ala says but look at insan Look at insan, innal insana li rabbihi lakanood. This is this horse and this is the obedience of its master. This is the extent to which it is ready to give his life for its master. But where is insan? Innal insana li rabbihi lakanood. Look at this insan, how ungrateful he is to his rabb. How ungrateful he is to the creator who created him and all the ni'mats and bounties and the countless things Allah Ta'ala blessed him with la kanood what meaning of kanood the Mufassirin has explained that yansal khair wa yadkuru shar all the good he forgets and all the little difficulties some tests will come that he'll remember he forgets all the bounties of Allah Ta'ala and he'll remember the trials and tests this is insan now from head to toe he will be fine but one little bit somewhere in between one little pain 
So he'll forget about making shukr for all the bounties and all the ease and benefit that he's getting from every other lump. He can see, mashallah, alhamdulillah. He can hear, alhamdulillah. He's able to speak, alhamdulillah. He was able to eat, alhamdulillah. He's able to walk, talk, alhamdulillah. So many countless ni'mat. Yes, there's some pain somewhere. This is after all dunya. This is the test now. How loyal is this servant to Allah Ta'ala? But he forgets to make shukr for all the bounties, but he'll remember to complain about that one small pain. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَ يَنْسَ الْخَيْرِ وَيَذْكُرُ الشَّرِّ Forgets all the ni'mats, all the bounties, all the favors, all the good that Allah Ta'ala blesses him with. Never ever make shukr for him. Or if he makes shukr, he's just some lip service. He, in some shukr, our shukr unfortunately is like that person who, as an example, somebody gives us, mashallah, a nice little, some gift, some maybe gave us one topi, one hat, or gave us a nice kurta, one garment, or scarf, or the person, mashallah, he accepted that scarf very nicely, he said, jazakallah, really very grateful, but then what he does, in front of the person who gave him that gift, he is now shining his shoes with that scarf, beautiful scarf to wear on his head, what he's doing is shining his shoes with it. So now what is going to be the end result of such a gratitude? That with his tongue he said, MashaAllah and Jazakallah and I'm very grateful. But in action he's shining his shoes with something he should be wearing on his head. This is an insult. Person will be very, very hurt. He'll be very hurt about it that I gave a gift with such muhabbat, such love. And this is the way this person uses it. Unfortunately, that is how we express our shukr to Allah Ta'ala sometimes. That verbally we'll say something. But then we use those ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala in breaking Allah Ta'ala's command. We'll say we are grateful for the eyes Allah gave us. But then how we use the eyes? What we used to look at? Are we looking at that which Allah Ta'ala is pleased with? Or looking at all the haram and the filth which Allah Ta'ala has forbidden? Say to the believing men, they must lower their gazes. Meaning, don't look at any haram. Don't look at that which Allah is displeased with. And protect their chastity. And all the other things Allah Ta'ala has given us. Allah Ta'ala gave us the tongue. Allah Ta'ala commanded us, Say to my servants to speak that which is best. Don't speak vulgarity. Don't swear, don't lie, don't backbite, don't cause hurt to people with the tongue. Now, all these ni'mat Allah gave us to please Him. Use it in a way that which He is pleased. That's the shukr of it. The shukr of the eye, the gratitude of the eye is to look at that which Allah is pleased with. The shukr of the ear to listen to that which Allah is pleased with. The shukr of the tongue to speak what Allah is pleased with. The shukr of the hands and feet to use it for that which Allah is happy with. The shukr of the heart and mind is to engage this heart and mind in Allah's remembrance. Not to cook up ideas and thoughts in the heart and mind which are full of filth and to be thinking of things of how to disobey Allah Ta'ala. That's not the shukr of the heart and mind. The shukr of the heart and mind also to be engaged in Allah's obedience. So from head to toe, this person now, because he's all the time conscious, Allah gave me this. Now can we imagine that person who we gave him a beautiful scarf and he starts shining his shoes in front of us. 
we will regard it as the worst insult. Allah Ta'ala gave us all these ni'mads and Allah is all seen. Allah is all aware. Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. Allah knows everything. What the person is thinking, Allah knows. Where his eye is looking, Allah is watching. Somebody else might not be there. We might look around and see nobody is looking. But we can't hide from Allah Ta'ala. We can never ever hide anything from Allah Ta'ala. So now this person who is conscious of this, he now becomes truly grateful. Allah gave me everything. How can he, Allah is watching and I'm going to break his commands with the same ni'mat that he gave me. Allah is watching and I'm going to use this eye that he gave me to break his commands. Allah is watching and I'm going to now go to places that Allah is displeased with. So now this remembrance and this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala settles in his heart. Now he is forever wanting to be obedient to Allah Ta'ala. This is this message Allah is giving us in this surah. That look, become the grateful servants of Allah Ta'ala. Become the obedient servants of Allah Ta'ala. And what is the gratitude that everything Allah has blessed us with, we use it to obey Him. Allah is saying, this is unfortunately this insan. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٍ وَإِنَّهُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ لَشَهِيدٍ And he himself is a witness to it. In other words, he knows it himself. He knows what he's doing. He might be trying to fool somebody else, but within his heart he knows what he's doing. He might try to bluff his wife, no, no, I wasn't gone somewhere else, haram. But he knows where he went. So his wife sort of saw something on the phone, he said, no, 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 I was, this is something else, it just popped up from nowhere. I don't know where it popped up from. Meanwhile, he was pressing it to pop up something. So now Allah is away, but he can try to bluff somebody, he can try to cover it up somewhere, he can, all that will carry on with people, but how can he hide anything from Allah Ta'ala? And he himself knows what he's doing. Others, he might be able to tell them something, but he knows in his heart. وَإِنَّهُ عَلَىٰ ذَٰلِكَ لَشَهِيدٍ Now what is the reason that insan behaves in this manner? He forgets what Allah Ta'ala has commanded him, what Allah Ta'ala wants from him, how to live his life, in all the aspects of life. And a mu'min is a mu'min in every aspect of life, not in any particular aspect only. That now it is time for salah, so he goes for salah, mashallah, that is definitely fundamental the five daily salah with jama'ah, this is the first obligation on a mu'min, his five daily salah. And it is wajib for adult males to perform it in the masjid with jama'ah. Allah Ta'ala keep us performing all our salah with jama'ah. Especially now that this has already now commenced after the lapse that had happened. And now the Mubarak month of Ramadan is on our doorstep. We make this firm intention, all our five times salah with jama'ah inshallah in the masjid. And we make every effort to make it with Takbir Ula and get the full reward of that Takbir Ula as well. So this is obviously, definitely, fundamentally important. So now, mashallah, every person who has Iman, he hears the Bazin calling out, Hayya ala salah, Hayya ala al-falah. Then that, that's the direction he goes in. And Allah Ta'ala loves this tremendously that a person, he, as soon as the Bazin has called out, he responds. He leaves everything else. There was a very great muhaddith, very great faqih and jurist. Open the books of hadith and you will find 
his name in the narrators repeatedly, Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi He was a very great personality. Imam Bukhari rahimahullah, everybody heard of Sahih Bukhari. Sahih Bukhari which is a collect, most authentic collection of ahadith of the sayings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is the ustad and the teacher of the teacher of Imam Bukhari rahmatullahi Such a great personality. Now, in his time, there was somebody that used to live across his house, who was a very ordinary person, good person, but ordinary person, not a very senior scholar and somebody very learned and a very great alim. So, he was an ordinary person. He passed away. And Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi also passed away. So, somebody saw him in a dream and they asked him that, how did things go with you? Who they are asking? They are asking Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi in a dream. That how did, what happened? He said, no, alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala forgave me. He says, but that iron monger, that person who used to do this work with iron and steel and you know, making the iron and putting it in the furnace, I envy him. What rank Allah has blessed him. I, I feel envious of that. Subhanallah, what a great rank Allah gave him. This person was such a great muhaddith, scholar, person whole day and night engaged in hadith and so many things. says, but I envy his rank. So this person found it when he woke up, he remembered the dream. He said, there's some, something to this dream. Something, some lesson for me. I must find out what's going on here. So he took a journey and went all the way to the place where these people used to live. He asked somebody, where Abdullah bin Mubarak, where he lived? He said, no, he passed away. He said, yeah, but where was his house? He says, no, his house was a certain place. And there was another person, this iron monger, this person used to work with iron and, you know, making steel, things with steel. He said, no, he passed away also. He used to live opposite. So now he worked out where the house found out. So he went to the house of this person who used to live opposite Abdullah bin Mubarak, this iron monger. And he knocked on the door, somebody answered from inside, the lady of the house answered from behind the curtain, behind the parda. So she, he said that, I've come here to find out, your husband was so and so, he was the person who used to work with this iron and so on. The iron monger said, yes, he passed away, some, yes. Okay, what was so special about your husband? So what was special about him? He was an ordinary person. He was like anybody else, mashallah, he used to perform his five times salah. He was a good person, but nothing special about him. So now, when she's saying nothing special about him, so this person related his dream. And look, this was a dream I saw. It's a dream, but sometimes it can have very deep meaning in it. So I'm sure that there's something, that there's a lesson in this for me. And there must be something special about your husband. She replied, now that you say that this dream you saw, and there must be something special about him. So there were two things about him. There were two things which were quite special. One was that he used to be working the whole day with this, making iron, making things of, with steel. So now in those days everything was done manually. So now that person used to be standing, there's a huge furnace with a fire, blazing fire in it. And then that iron, whatever he wants to make out of it, for example now he needed to make a sword. So now that has to be put into the fire and when it's red hot, then you take it out, 
and then you stamp it with a mallet and shape it I want some utensil you're making, making some ornament, making some sword or making whatever so now it's a very difficult job you've got to stand close to that fire and hold this thing in there for so long and now when it is red hot you must take this heavy mallet and quickly stamp it into the shape that you want she says that this was his daily job but whenever after having held that iron in the fire now imagine that smoke and fumes and that heat a very tough thing, very difficult thing after that while standing there at the fire now when he just took it out and he raised that hammer, that mallet to start stamping he raised it to his shoulder and if the Mu'azzin said Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar he dropped that mallet from there and he used to say that the caller of my Rabb has called the caller of my Allah has called now I can't do anything else now all this time that went into holding it in the fire and the difficulty that he undertook all this can wait, doesn't matter now, this will go cold we'll have to redo that but I must now answer the call of my Rabb Allah has called and he would head straight to the masjid <coughs> no delays after that Allah Ta'ala give us perfect as well so one, this was the aspect now outwardly this is not something as seen as a very great thing but Allah Ta'ala loves this that a person responds to the call of Allah Ta'ala الَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِلَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ and there was one issue, one incident once in the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu the Sahaba had just come back from a battle and they were wounded and very tired and then there was some other issue that came up Nabi Sallallahu said only those will go to take care of this issue now who had already participated in the first battle nobody else, no new person now they were already so fatigued and tired and hurt and injured but when Nabi Sallallahu said nobody else will go only those who had just come right now they hardly just came they said Bismillah, Labbaik Allah Ta'ala loves this immediate response Allah Ta'ala mentions this in the Quran Sharif praising them الَّذِينَ اسْتَجَابُوا لِلَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا أَصَابَهُمُ الْقَرْحِ لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا مِنْهُمْ وَاتَّقُوا أَجْرٌ عَظِيمٌ that as soon as the call came they responded Allah is praising them in the Quran Sharif for this so now this too he heard the azan he responded says this was one aspect and the other aspect he used to come home after Isha and then he would look across the road at the house of Abdullah bin Mubarak the great muhaddis and scholar of the time and in the hot days he had like a kind of roof garden so he would go on top of his roof flat roof maybe a half wall or something Allah knows whatever so he would stand the night and make ibadat so now from outside the house he was somebody could see him now because it's probably hot so he would stand on the roof of his house so my she says that the husband would come out and he would look across the road and he would see Abdullah bin Mubarak engaged in ibadat and he would then make dua Ya Allah I am a very weak person meaning I am not able to do what Abdullah bin Mubarak does I have to again go tomorrow to earn a halal living I have this hard work to do and I am tired if I don't sleep now I won't be able to get to work tomorrow so I am unable to do that but I wish I could also do that that I could also spend the whole night in ibadat then he would perform few rakats, two rakats, four rakats, whatever he would perform and then he would go to bed and then wake up in the last portion of the night and perform ibadat again a little bit that's what he used to do this every day 
Whenever he would, could, he would stand this envying the pious and trying to, wishing to be like them. Envying those who are coming to the masjid regularly and wishing I could be like this person. Envying those who are serving deen and wishing and trying to be part of them. Those who are helping others, being a means of assistance to people around, also wanting to be like them. Allah Ta'ala loves this. And sometimes a person can't make it because of his circumstances, Allah Ta'ala still blesses him because of his sincere intention. He says, these are the things, he says, definitely this is what it was. That now Abdullah bin Mubarak is also saying in the dream that I wish I had the rank of this person. Subhanallah, can we imagine what a tremendous bounty of Allah Ta'ala this is? So now this is what Allah Ta'ala is speaking about in the ayat of the Quran Sharif that this insan, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لِرَبِّهِ لَكَنُودٍ وَإِنَّهُ عَلَىٰ ذَٰلِكَ لَشَهِيدٍ But now why he behaves like this? What is the reason that he he gets caught up in all this disobedience of Allah Ta'ala and this uh, ingratitude to Allah Ta'ala وَإِنَّهُ لَحْلِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٍ Because he has this intense love for the material things. The material things have become a barrier for him. Now everybody is going to be requiring to have these material things. Everybody needs some things to live his life. Everybody has to go to work to earn a halal risk. That is something which has been ordained upon us, made farz upon us, compulsory upon us. Talabu kasbil halali faridatun ba'd al farida. To earn a halal living is a compulsory aspect after the other faraid and compulsory aspects of deen. So then what does this mean that now he got this intense love? Where the material things, the wealth, the things around us, the things that we possess, where this becomes a means of the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. One is a person has earned some halal wealth and he used it in a halal manner for himself, for his family, for his neighbors, for others, for the poor and needy, whatever he could help, whoever he could help. And this has become a great bounty for him, a great benefit for him. It is helping him in dunya, it is making his akhirat. But if a person starts using it in a wrong way, this has become a major problem now. If that material thing starts making him disobey Allah Ta'ala, that has become an azab for him. Because that is becoming the means of azab. That has become a punishment. That is a trap of shaitan. That if a person starts forgetting Allah Ta'ala because of the things, whatever it might be, whether it is some wealth, whether it is some possession, maybe it might be the car he drives, that car is bringing pride, that has become a barrier now. Whether it is that phone, and that phone is making him do things which Allah is displeased with, that has become an azab. That is now a trap of shaitan. If it is the clothing, and the clothing is creating pride in the person, that has become a barrier between him and Allah Ta'ala. Whatever else that becomes a means of taking him away from Allah Ta'ala, that now has become a means of distraction, and that has become an azab. Allah Ta'ala is saying, وَإِنَّهُ عَلَىٰ ذَٰلِكَ لَشَهِيدٍ وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٍ Now this is the ailment. This is the ailment, this is the disease. Allah Ta'ala is giving us the diagnosis that look all this ingratitude, forgetting Allah Ta'ala, 
and using the bounties of Allah Ta'ala in a way that Allah is displeased. Breaking Allah Ta'ala's command with it. What is the disease? Why is all this happening? وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدٌ But now if this is the disease, then what is the medication? Now when there's a disease around, when there's a pandemic, everybody is very concerned about the medication. Everybody is very concerned about how to protect himself. What kind of precautions he must take. Because there's a pandemic. Because there's a disease. So now everybody is worried about the precaution. So while the physical diseases also, we must look after ourselves. Take whatever necessary precautions which are in the, within the limits of Shariat. But that is whatever importance that has. Many, many times greater importance it is that we have to take the precautions against the spiritual diseases. The physical diseases, the most that can happen is that it will end with death. It will become the means of a person's life going. But Allah forbid if a person leaves with the spiritual diseases, the diseases that lurk inside the heart, pride, malice and dirt in the heart for others, jealousy and the love of the material things in such a way that it becomes a distraction it takes him towards sin and all the other things of this nature then that is far worse than the worst pandemic because that doesn't end with death the actual problem starts from death if a person leaves with the spiritual diseases then the problem really starts when the person's eyes close now all the Whatever he was having fun in dunya, what he thought was fun. Now the consequences start in the cover already, the punishment of the grave and then the day of Qiyamah. So now this is the disease, the spiritual disease. So now this is the disease, then what's the medication? What's the remedy? What's the treatment? So Allah Ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَعْلَمُ إِذَا بُعْثِرَ مَا فِي الْقُبُورِ وَحُسِّلَ مَا فِي الصُّدُورِ Allah Ta'ala gives us the treatment. This is the treatment. That a person wants to stay safe from this disease. What is the treatment? Does he not know that that day when whatever and whoever is in the graves, they will be resurrected, they will be brought out. So now the day of Qiyamah, the day of judgment, Everybody will be brought out of their graves. Whether the person passed away a million years ago, whether he passed away today, or whether he'll pass away sometime later before Qiyamah, but every person will be brought out of his grave. So, when he will be brought out of his grave, then what? Allah says, what is inside the heart? All that will be exposed. In dunya, Allah has been very very kind to us very compassionate very merciful Allah Ta'ala covered what's inside our heart nobody else can see that we can smile at somebody and inside our heart Allah forbid we swearing him he can't see it but Allah Ta'ala can see it so in dunya everything gets covered up what's going on in somebody's heart we don't know somebody's iman we can't see and our iman they can't see Allah forbid somebody else got 
some issue we can't see it and we got some issues they can't see it but on the day of Qiyamah that's a different situation on the day of Qiyamah everything will be brought out everything will be exposed what was going on in somebody's heart which he didn't make Toba from will all be brought out and in front of the whole creation so now if a person remembers death and remembers what's going to happen on the day of Qiyamah then he will behave correctly he won't forget Allah Ta'ala he won't become ungrateful this is the remedy that a person has to constantly remember death my death could come anytime how many people have carried to their grave how many people in the recent past were with us and they gone how many janazas we have attended or we have heard about and in this last year perhaps we didn't hear so many janazas in our whole life in that short period of time of people who we were familiar with people who we knew we interacted with and in such a short space of time so many people went away but they are gone doesn't mean we will stay forever we also going to join them we just don't know when but we all headed in the same direction so Allah Ta'ala out of His grace, out of His mercy Allah Ta'ala wants us to already become that kind of servant of His who comes out of this ingratitude He's grateful to Allah Ta'ala in every respect He's grateful to Allah Ta'ala for the wealth Allah has given Him for that food, for that one morsel Allah gave Him He's also grateful for the eye Allah gave Him He doesn't look at what Allah is displeased with He's grateful for the tongue Allah gave Him He doesn't use it for what Allah has forbidden he is grateful for the hands and feet Allah gave him. He doesn't walk in the wrong direction. He doesn't touch anything haram. He doesn't type haram messages. He doesn't press haram buttons. And likewise every other bounty and na'mat of Allah Ta'ala he uses it correctly. So this is that very great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. The person who will be conscious my death could come anytime. I have to be prepared for this. I cannot be living a life of just carefree life, not concerned about anything, anything life will carry on, carry on. No, we don't carry on forever. Allah knows best when it will suddenly sometimes come to a stop. Sometimes the person might just know it's coming up because he got some whatever sign of it, got very very sick or whatever. But sometimes in that too many people, mashallah, recover. So a person is not sure whether he's going to recover or not. But when a person is healthy and fit, then sometimes he completely forgets that no, this is not for me now maybe 50 years time but how many a person was walking healthy and fit and suddenly was gone we have no idea when our time comes Allah tell out of his grace, out of his mercy to remind us, to give us that opportunity to boost us to help boost our iman Allah tell gives us very very great occasions and the greatest of all these occasions is the month of Ramadan that the whole month Allah Ta'ala blesses us with such blessings and the ibadat of fasting and the taraweeh salah and then the month, month of Quran Sharif the great Imam, Imam Malik Rahimahullah Imam Udari Hijra and what a great scholar and muhaddis the month of Ramadan would come he would stop everything else and he would occupy all his time in the recitation of Quran Sharif and the great pious servants of Allah Ta'ala many of them, numerous people it was a common thing among them they'll recite one entire Quran Sharif, one khatam complete recitation in a day, every day one khatam every day one khatam 
they appreciated this great gift of Ramadan and therefore they used it to the maximum so now mashallah this great bounty and gift Allah Ta'ala keep us alive Allah Ta'ala enable us to see this Mubarak month of Ramadan so that we could receive the blessings of Ramadan but this is a very great opportunity it's not a time to be just wild away not something to just let it pass from now we need to program ourselves Subhanallah what a great opportunity Allah Ta'ala is blessing us with I need to now program myself how to use this time to the maximum of the benefit that I can take from it that the time must not be wasted and with enthusiasm, with zeal with great love to be keeping the fast not regarding it as a burden with great love to stand in Taraweeh Salah and listen to the entire recitation of the Quran Sharif during the month and be very very grateful to Allah Ta'ala for this ni'mat and at the same time staying away from all sin at all times especially the month of Ramadan the whole purpose of Ramadan is to teach us taqwa taqwa is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala staying away from all haram so now in the month of Ramadan if a person doesn't stay away from haram he's fasting mashallah but doesn't stay away from haram looking at haram, talking haram things going haram places then the whole purpose he defeated but if a person mashallah spends his month very consciously spends his time correctly programs himself stays away from all things that are Allah Ta'ala is displeased with puts the phone away for the whole month even for whatever is sometimes necessary to cut it down to the bare minimum and obviously not wasting one time on anything one minute on anything few time all the social media and whatever else just putting all it off completely coming out of all these groups because these groups now one is mashallah a person he's alone in his home he's alone sometimes in the masjid so now that solitude was supposed to become a means of getting connected to Allah Ta'ala وَرَجُلُمْ ذَكَرَ اللَّهَ خَالِيًا فَفَادَتْ عَيْنَاهَ in the hadith sharif Nabi Salaam says seven categories of people Allah Ta'ala will bless with the shade of his arsh his throne on the day of Qiyamah when the sun will be above the heads of people and people will be drowning in their perspiration such a great bounty Allah Ta'ala will bless people special people with being in the VIP lounge of the day of Qiyamah not VIP, the VIP lounge of this dunya can't, can't compare, it's like trying to compare one, one dust particle to the whole universe what's the comparison, you can't compare it that VIP of the Qiyamah we can't imagine and among those seven categories, this one category Allah Ta'ala mentions that person who remembers Allah Ta'ala in solitude, he's alone no distraction, nobody there to distract him in any way and he connects with Allah Ta'ala remembering Allah Ta'ala, making the zikr of Allah Ta'ala making dua to Allah Ta'ala, engaging in ibadat and this moves him as a result of which the tears flow Allah loves this so much Allah Ta'ala grants such a person the shade of the arsh Oh, mashallah, the person had the opportunity, he was alone in his house somewhere maybe, alone in the masjid, alone somewhere or even if he's in the middle of people but his heart at that time nobody else knows what's going on between him and Allah Ta'ala but now at that time he's taking out his phone and he's sitting on some groups so if he's alone too, he's in the middle of you know, sometimes thousand people maybe he might not be within thousand people at any other time but on that social media he's among thousand people now that whole group of thousand people or whatever, five hundred people, three hundred people so now he's put himself in the middle of everything all the time so there's non-stop distraction so now this month of Ramadan is a time to connect to Allah Taala. if somebody 
we are trying to phone somebody or somebody is trying to phone us but at that time we are talking to some other person somebody is trying to phone us but we are talking to some third person so what he is going to hear that this is not available the number you dialed is not available why? because connected somewhere else now Allah Ta'ala wants to bless us but our heart is connected somewhere else our heart is connected to Allah forbid haram also or connected to all the futile things so now we engage ourselves elsewhere now we can't, that connection is not coming to us we want to connect to Allah Ta'ala, we have to disengage from all these futile things all these things that distract us from Allah Ta'ala then our hearts will connect with Allah Ta'ala and then we'll experience this وَرَجُلٌ ذَكَرَ اللَّهَ خَالِيًا فَفَادَتْ عَيْنَا that that person who will remember Allah Ta'ala and in solitude and he'll connect with Allah Ta'ala in such a way that his heart will overflow with that muhabbat and love of Allah Ta'ala and that will flow out of his eyes so this occasion Allah Ta'ala is blessing us with is an occasion to be very very to be cherished and be greatly valued very precious time very mubarak and blessed time we should now prepare for it let that excitement build up that mashallah what a great occasion is coming what am I going to do how am I going to program my day how am I going to maximize the tilawat of the Quran Sharif what I am going to do during the course of the evening how am I going to try and wake up a little before seri time good time so that I can perform some tahajjud salah as well make dua at that time before I make my seri for example and other ibadat when I am going to so in this way we will make our whole Ramadan very valuable so Allah tabarak wa ta'ala is giving us this message in the Quran Sharif that this insan is very ungrateful but inshallah if we occupy our Ramadan correctly then we will come out of this from this list of ungrateful people and we will become the grateful servants of Allah ta'ala and we would have expressed the true shukar the true gratitude for this great gift of Ramadan as well May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq Allah ta'ala enable us to prepare for this Mubarak month of Ramadan use it correctly not waste the Mubarak time and use it in such a way conduct ourselves in such a way that by the time this month has passed our whole life has changed for the better we have become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala the grateful servants of Allah Ta'ala our hearts are connected to Allah Ta'ala all the haram has come out of our lives our five daily salah has become the priority of our day and every day is filled with tilawat of the Quran Sharif with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, with dua, with righteous actions, Allah Ta'ala bless us all, and Allah Ta'ala keep us with Iman, take us with Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman, وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين, for 3-4 minutes we'll make some zikr, and then make dua inshallah. in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah this is a very great honor and a very great blessing what this means is that inshallah with the daily recitation of La ilaha illallah hundred times Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq the ability to do righteous actions and to stay away from sin and this will become the means of this very great honor on the day of Qiyamah so inshallah we should try to practice on this especially in the month of Ramadan, this is one of the things we have to do excessively, recite La ilaha illallah excessively. So we start practicing from now at least 100 times daily, 
in Ramadan we increase it also inshallah when saying la ilaha then just bring to mind that we have taken out everything from our hearts which is a distraction from Allah Ta'ala all the haram, all the sin, all the dirt all the illicit and haram relationships whatever evils we have taken it all out like dirt and filth and thrown it out and illallah there is this light that is engulfing the heart which is the love of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala give us the beside the Ruchari La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahnu La ilaha illallah 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam 
الله جل جلاله عم نوانه موسیقی ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا غلمنا أنفسنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف النعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك 
Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, indeed, you are most forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Allahumma innaka afuun. You love forgiving, Ya Allah. Allah, you grant forgiveness to sinners, Ya Allah. Allah, we are the sinners who are asking and begging for your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, shower your maghfirat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Shower your rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the pain and suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our sins, Ya Allah. We have brought down the azab with our actions, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Grant us and the entire Ummah the tawfiq of those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire Ummah from such actions that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, due to our misdeeds, Due to our sins and vices, even the animals are in suffering, Ya Allah. All the other makhluk are in suffering, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive this tremendous injustice of ours, Ya Allah. Forgive this ingratitude of ours, Ya Allah. Make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Save us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes and ears, Ya Allah. The sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. The sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. The sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Allah, remove all the pride, the malice, the jealousy, the evil from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the love of the ego from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Put the love of deen in our hearts, Ya Allah. Put the love of salah in our hearts, Ya Allah. Put the love of the Quran Sharif in our hearts, Ya Allah. The love of zikr and dua in our hearts, Ya Allah. The love of the service of deen in our hearts, Ya Allah. Accept us in our progeny till qiyamah for the service of deen, Ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu alameen, Ya Allah. You protect us and guide us, Ya Allah. You guide our families, Ya Allah. You guide the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Nabi Sallallahu made so much of effort for this ummah, Ya Allah. So much of sacrifices he made, Ya Allah. His blood was shed, Ya Allah. He was injured and hurt, Ya Allah. He saw his sahaba being martyred, Ya Allah. He saw his family being persecuted, Ya Allah. Allah, such tremendous sacrifices he made, Ya Allah. So that we could be today taking your name, Ya Allah. But we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. We have turned our backs on his Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. We've taken in place of his Mubarak way the way of the Yahud and Nasara. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah, this great crime of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, the Mubarak month of Ramadan is at our doorstep. Ya Allah, we haven't even started preparing for it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us the preparation for the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a topic of sincere Tawbah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, enable us to start engaging in Amal, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to receive the Mubarak month correctly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to engage ourselves in the proper manner in the Mubarak month, Ya Allah. Bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Bless us with the wealth of taqwa, Ya Allah. Bless us with the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, grant us that compassion and kindness that He taught, Ya Allah. Grant us a beautiful character, Ya Allah. 
save us from all the evil qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Abdul Rahim Sahib is sick, Ya Allah. Grant them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them complete shifa and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Those who are in financial difficulties, remove with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, whatever difficulty, hardships, anxiety, worries, depression, Everybody, whatever is they are suffering from, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, remove it with ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with peace and sukoon, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with tranquility, Ya Allah. Remove all the unease, Ya Allah. Remove all the, Ya Allah, the financial difficulties, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfira, Ya Allah. Grant them the highest stages in the akhirah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant sabr to all those who have been bereaved, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, our time is also coming, Ya Allah. We have no idea when the angel of death will suddenly come to us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you give us the tawfiq of being prepared for death, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, at the time of death, take us with La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah Allah take us on perfect iman Ya Allah take us on complete tawbah Ya Allah Allah make our covered gardens of Jannah for us Ya Allah grant us the shafa of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning Ya Allah Ilahul Alamin Ya Allah all those who have raised their hands to this dua all those who asked us to make dua for them Ya Allah you know of each one's heart Ya Allah you know each one's cry Ya Allah fulfill each one's jai's needs from the ghayb Ya Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations Ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove each one's anxieties and worries, worries and sorrows, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله